This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hola, amigos. Welcome from San Diego. Frontline Gaming. So, Abraham Lincoln, a trucker, and Adam Levine walk into a bar. Hey, I broke my beard back. Yeah. And then a podcast comes about. One full week. You look good, dude. Yeah, you look good. Looks good. So, um, apparently, my blue tank top is actually green, and I was invisible. So, uh, I get to wear Frankie's nice button up shirt. I look, yeah. I look good right now. You do. It's the funniest thing he's ever seen in his life. I actually look like a trucker right now. Yeah. No, the top is staying all the way. <laughs> this, is, this says classy, all right? This is a guy that takes himself seriously right here. This is what people dress like normally in San Diego. I do. Yeah. I, look, I look like a, I, look, I look amazing. It's the like fashion it. of the day, you know? I'm very, this is the most dapper I think I've ever looked on the show. <laughs> Uh, I am Luigi. All right. Mario. All right. Everybody, welcome to Signals from the Frontline, brought to you by Frontline Gaming, where you can get your tabletop gaming goodies at a discount all the days of the week. Mm-hmm. Here to talk about some games and such. And, uh, That's the best intro I think you've ever had. Uh, it was. Uh, the wardrobe mal- malfunction definitely threw, threw me off, off a little, little bit. bit. <laughs> but uh, hey, everybody, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. As always, fun to talk to you on Twitch. And for those of you joining us on iTunes and the YouTubes, Hello. Is that, what is that accent for? I don't know. It's no, just a it. friendly hello oh. from your Dude, neighborhood Don't, don't you ever do any improv? You always say yes. You always roll with it. No. Yeah. Uh, you'd be terrible. Yes <laughs> and, right? Yes and. Yeah. You guys are terrible. Look at this, this no talent hacks I have to work with here. <laughs> Can't believe it. Mm. Dragging me down. You're going to make my mustache droop from <laughs> sadness. So we have quite a bit to cover today, so let's go ahead and jump on in. So first of all, big news, we have a brand new FLG mat to show you all. This is the Asteroid mat, very cool. You can use it for a wide variety of games, obviously for games like X-Wing, anything that takes place in space, or uh, uh, Ormata for mm-hmm. on the 6x3. It's a little out of scale, it'd be a really big asteroid. A real big one. Real big. Armada, yeah. yeah. I, or they're really close to the ground. Yes. Uh, you could also use it for uh, Drop Fleet Commander, some of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, a wide variety of games would be really appropriate for this. Uh, or just like a moon battle. Moon battle? Moon battle. battle. The one thing I would be is like, oh, okay, Astro Militarum guys are like, I don't know how I'm here. Not but wearing helmets. Here it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Space Marines can't breathe either, right? No, they, the have, they have uh, power armor on. They can, so. no, they can breathe. The they, as long they, as they, they have their helmets on. Helmets. Yeah, they can survive in space for a little bit. Really? Yeah. yeah. Marnius Calgar or uh, Gilgam like like fought out and and he like jumped out into space and was like punching. Him. He was like, <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah, he like held his breath and went out and was like beating the shit He's, out like, of everybody. Punching the ship to death. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. Gaiman was in like a hard vacuum with no helmet on, just beating the crap out of people. Yeah. The thing is, it was like a, awesome. a normal human being could awesome. go into a vacuum and survive for like. A little bit. No, no, it's longer than that. You'd be, you actually be surprised. Didn't like, Princess Leia survive without? Oh my god! Yeah. Don't talk to me about she that. She used the Force. She, then, she married Poppins. She, uh, yeah, why didn't they just kill her, her off? Let her die. That was a perfect that was opportunity the, yeah, that was the to perfect like, time. let her CGI character oh, no, go. You're gonna, uh, she's she's going to be CGI for the rest of the series. I oh, hope so. It's going to be great. I hope so. Just let it go. Yeah. Didn't she die at the end, though? 
Why not? I don't know. I've kind of blocked that movie from my memory. It was bad. You know, I went to the I went to the Last Jedi expecting it to be just so bad, and it was actually not awful. So I was like, oh, I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, it's actually not that bad. And I'm never gonna watch it again. And you haven't seen Han yet. No, I didn't even see Solo. I heard it was okay. Yeah, it was alright. And it's funny because we did rewatch that fight scene when it's. uh, Oh, oh, you watched it after I told you how bad it was. It was Ray and. uh, Kylo, Kylo Ren versus the, the like ninja. It's horribly choreographed. Yeah. It like, is horribly horrible. choreographed. Like horrible. it really is bad. Yeah. You got the red guys in the background. Yeah, they're just standing yeah. there. And they're like, what like, the oh. fuck is like, this? It would be unfair to jump in and kill. It was you. so bad. You're like, and like I still don't understand right how Ray is like fighting these guys who trained their whole life. Yeah, these are like supposed to be like, like the ultimate badass. It, it's like, like a, the Emperor's bodyguard. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and they did a really bad job at that too. Oh, yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. It's yeah, like a Muppet. It's like a Muppet with a lightsaber. Like, yeah. wah, 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 wah. Yeah. it's yeah. pretty bad, man. I know. Everybody's like, oh, the fight scene was sick. I was like, no, it wasn't. Yeah. Watch it again. I was like, look closely. Like, yeah, because the like, guys in the really back, bad. it's like a, it's like, um, it's like when Bruce Lee fought guys and yeah. they line up and they come at them one at a time. Yeah. And it's then exactly they're like, oh, was. yeah, not my turn. Yeah. They're just in the back, like doing like katas. They're doing katas, like practicing. Yeah, it was, it is, that movie is pretty, it's pretty bad. Yeah. I actually know that the sales have gone down. Like they're not hitting the numbers they want. Maybe they'll change it up a little bit. Hopefully, because it still like, seems like they're getting a lot of people. Want. Like they, oh, they yeah, still seem to make still Star Wars. Still making money. But There's I mean, still a lot of people who like defend it and like this is great. You guys are just hating. I didn't think. I didn't honestly. I didn't think it was terrible. Like I, I had fun at the movie, but I, I came in not expecting to have the same experience I did when you watched the original, the first three. Yeah. Because the first three were like magic, and everything since has been from okay to bad. Rogue you know? One was. Really good. Rogue One was yeah, really that good. That was my favorite. Rogue One was really good. Yeah. Yeah. But I haven't seen Solo yet. I've heard it's pretty good. It was pretty good. I know episode... Uh, Did he die? Episode yeah. 2 I actually I enjoyed quite a bit. Yeah. Episode 2 was fun. Episode 2 was a lot of fun. Yeah. When they have all the Jedi versus like the... Robots and everything. Yeah, bounty cool. hunters and stuff. <sighs> good times. Oh, Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. You know, I've been saying Speaking that for... Star Wars. I've been saying that for a while. Is that for the kids that are growing... The kids that are like 10 right now, 12, like that magic age... When, um, when you're exposed to something and it sticks with you for the rest of your life, Avengers is going to be the Star Wars for them. Yeah. Because, like, the Infinity Gauntlet and everything, like, it's so much better. It's like, like people have been saying that that was the Empire Strikes Back of this generation. Or John Wick 2. There you go. Maybe. If you're showing John Wick 2 to your kids, then you've got problems. Yeah. Like, that, <laughs> Do you? It's, they kill, like, 500 people and then... Yeah. <laughs> It's like G.I. Joe. I mean, I'm not, don't get me wrong. G.I. <laughs> uh, Joe, no one dies. There's just like a million lasers and nothing happens. <laughs> Guys like jump out with a little parachute. Like, Except for in the movies, right? In the movies, they... Don't even talk about the Don't even talk about the terrible movies. The animated movie from the 80s was yeah, actually really that's what I'm good. talking about. The animated one where yeah. they actually... Oh, yeah. Copy. Everyone gets turned into like, like Transformers. <laughs> I love that one. That's what like, yeah. the, they, everybody's like vehicle would explode and yeah. they just pop out with a like, parachute. parachute. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's because back then you couldn't show people dying yeah. on a cartoon. That's um, why they always fought robots yeah. and stuff. Yeah, they would like shoot tanks and like the people would like scramble out and they would blow up. Yeah. And it's like the same animation over and over. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was like the stock animation yeah. they would just do every time. Uh. Oh, brother. I know it's like you go back and watch some of the cartoons you loved as a kid and you're like, these are objectively bad. He-Man was really bad. No, I actually, Thundercast was the one. Tom and Jerry. Netflix, so I tried to watch it again yeah. and I was like, I forgot that they just recycled images over and over. Looney Tunes mm-hmm. was good. Yeah. Looney Tunes holds up. Yeah. All the Hanna-Barbera cartoons are still good. But yeah, like, I saw Thundercats and I was like, this is so <laughs> awful. And I absolutely loved it when I was a kid. It was really bad. Uh, anyway, enough <laughs> of 80s cartoons. Asteroid, check it out. New FLG Matt, this is a great time to pick it up. 
Our summer super sale is still going until July 31st, which is this coming Tuesday in about six days from now. So if you do want to pick it up, it's a great time to do so. It's 20% off. And remember, if your web cart is $99 or more, you get free shipping within the continental United States. Sorry, Alaska and Hawaii mm -hmm. and Guam. You are international. Puerto Rico. <laughs> for shipping purposes. But uh, yeah, we just can't afford to do it. But uh, check it out. And if it's something that looks like would, so if it's a product that would look good in your gaming room, uh, consider picking it up because it's a beautiful mat. The, the image is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, also, a uh, new release from GW this week is Kill Teams, and it has been extremely popular, yeah. like far exceeded what we expected from it, and we thought it was going to be a popular game. Mm -hmm. Kill Teams is going red hot. Check it out. For those of you who are still a little unfamiliar, what Kill Teams is, is a skirmish level 40K. It's really similar to the core rules of 8th edition, but there are some significant differences, uh, really in the way, like, like uh, uh, the way units activate, the way the turn works, it's very different. But the, the, the basic stats and rules and such are something that's very familiar. So it'd be very easy to pick up the game. The way it plays is significantly different. Like you share phases. Yeah. Um, so in that regard, it is significant, a significant departure in, in the gameplay. However, it's a great way to get people into 40K. If you have a friend, a loved one that you've been trying to introduce into the game, but it's a little daunting, uh, Kill Teams is a great entry point. You play with roughly 10 to 20 models total. And you're using the exact same models that you would use in 40K with the same war gear. Yeah. Um, although you do equip them model by model instead of by unit. So definitely check it out. Uh, it's been going red hot. It's extremely popular. So uh, if you do pick it up, you're very likely to be able to get a game. And uh, it looks really cool. Yeah, it looks, it looks awesome. Really cool. And the new terrain that's coming out for it is amazing. Yeah, and you can check it out. We have a picture here okay. of it. Uh, this is kind of like the new gothic ruins set it yeah. is much better looking in my opinion than the older kits i still really think the older kits are great it, yeah i mean it's similar to the older kits it's just a little bit more filled out it feels like more the, like uh it, it feels like it's 28 millimeter right, right? well like, the old it, stuff was scaled also very up, thin like you yeah. the walls were like razor thin yeah. you know that kind of stuff these is like i said they're similar in aesthetics but they're a lot more filled like, yeah it just looks more 3d it does. It is. It has more depth, and like Frank, you were saying, the levels are a lot higher. Yeah. So if your model is, um, you know, got a back banner, is holding his weapon in the air, or something like that, shouldn't have any issue putting him on the different levels. Which is perfect. But for he still can't swing at you, though. Um, he can. He jumps up there. Oh. He bites it. He he does a backflip, punches through the ceiling. But not if he's a knight. Uses the force. Can't touch it. Yeah. Yeah. Can't touch this. MC Hammer. Use it with a strategy. Imperial Knight. Yeah. Mm. What was the movie where the guy does shoots a machine gun around the ground and then he like falls through and he's like shooting people as he goes shoot through the levels? That was shoot him up. Yeah. Was that no, shoot him up? It, that that didn't happen. Shoot him up. Didn't it? No. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, in uh, Underworld. Punisher. Oh no, Underworld. Underworld. Yeah. That was, that was so sad. Yeah, she like yeah she shoots like, machine guns around her. That's cool. And falls down. Was it? That was a good movie. The only one that was good was the first that one. That girl that was, was in that great. movie, I remember yeah. I was like Kate Beckinsale? 15 oh when it came out. I was like, She's oh. hot. Yeah. Yep. Man. Yep. She had the cool superhero landing where you jump off the roof and then break the ground. Then I saw like, the, uh, the vampire LARP people, and I was like, this is not what they look like. <laughs> this is not what they look like. I was expecting her. <laughs> yeah, I was very disappointed. Mm. But then, Mostly to be guys. fair, if we yeah. walk up, they're like, what is the vampire bros <laughs> just showed up? <laughs> Okay, dude. There's a lot more guys than I thought. Did you guys ever play Vampire the Masquerade? I'm Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, bro. That's true. Boom. He is yeah. a vampire hunter. Yeah. Did you guys, you guys ever play World of Darkness no. games? No. No. Ronnie, who used to come up into our store, would talk about it all the time. For hours. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually entertaining hours, when hours, I was like working on something. I was it like, was cool to hear about. 
The uh, I used to play Werewolf. That game was really fun. Yeah. That game was. But he said fun. that they would play both. The well, all the games would were in the same universe, and you could play with each other. Yeah. Because there was like, there was um, one where there was I can't remember it was like Wizard or something like that, like where you could be like a human that had magic, and then there was obviously Vampire the Masquerade, which was the big one. And there was Werewolf the Apocalypse. Yep. And then there was a couple of those, and then there was ones where they hunted. There was like normal people that hunted the magical. Yeah. Ones and like. That was cool because it was like Batman. Like you had all these like gadgets and stuff because like you're fighting like super powered. Yeah, creatures. But where the werewolves were like, it was they ridiculous. They were way more powerful than yeah. the vampires. Only like the most powerful vampire had any chance against like a medium yeah. werewolf. Like the werewolves would just obliterate anything. It was like not even remotely close because like a couple times we would play our friends would play vampire and they're like, oh my vampire, he's got like this cool leather jacket and like he's like really edgy and I'm like, I will my guy shoots like. His, finger, his claws shoot out and they're like like 20 feet and then like, I could bite through like steel. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't even, it was like funny because the people who played vampire tend to be more in the role play aspect. Yeah. People who play werewolf tended to be more like a normal RPG where you just like make the most powerful character you can. Go. Yeah, it was fun. Good times back in the 90s. Fuck yeah. Um, and there's a new edition of the game on the way too, by the way. Yeah. Vampire the Masquerade. We'll be doing a review of it they sent us a, uh, a copy of it. So uh, take, keep your eye on Frontline Gaming and we'll have a review coming up about the new Vampire the Masquerade. That's exciting. Maybe we can do like a live action uh, <laughs> episode intro of all of us playing it and we have to get into character. I wouldn't even know like what Dracula. to do. <laughs> I'd go with Dracula. Can you do that? Yes. <laughs> oh, dude, it's not. You're, yeah. But like the Bella Lugosi. You nailed Dracula. it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's like, it's not like that. Now it's all like super like stylish and like yeah. Like, you like sparkle. Blade. You like sparkle. It's not even like Blade, dude. It's more like Twilight. Like, it's more like Twilight. Yeah, I hate to say that, but it, it's like it's not. Like, I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just like all the vampires like have like designer clothes and like. Mm-hmm. They're so really, if you showed they're, up to one really of those cool. things wearing like the vampire outfit from Halloween, probably would not be cool. <laughs> They'd probably kick you out yeah. instantaneously. And like, hello. Yeah, I'm here for the vampire. Lord. What the hell? <laughs> that would actually be really yeah. fun. Just do all powder all over your face. <laughs> Go to a vampire club. Oh, that'd be so that. good. <laughs> that would actually be that'd so be really funny, funny if you did that. But you got to show up with like be. five of you. Like, if anybody does yeah. that, send photos. That'd be great. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. They'd be like, get out of here. Ladies would love They're it. Like, you yeah. dick. <laughs> get out of here. You're trading on our narrative. I remember right. there, was one va- there was one werewolf clam where they were like homeless people. It's kind of like in, uh, in Underworld. In Underworld. I'm like, what is this? This is a dog. Well, the werewolves long. don't live like super long, do they? They can. Oh, okay. Yeah. But they tend to die just because they're fighting all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Back to Kill Team. Yeah. Back to Kill Team. So it looks like a great yeah. game. Check it out. Yeah. Um, you can pick it up at a discount with free shipping for orders $99 and up within the continental United States. And hot. grab it, yeah, grab it. It's been selling incredibly well, so mm-hmm. I can't wait to see uh, where people go with it. And uh, if you do, or if you are interested in kill teams at the Las Vegas Open, we are working on that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a TO that wanted to do combat patrol. Uh, I'm communicating with him if he wants to stick with that or maybe uh, uh, pivot into kill teams because I think that's what more people are going to be interested in. Yeah. And if you are interested in helping out running a kill teams event at the Las Vegas Open, please reach out to me. Contact at frontlinegaming.org, and uh, we'll be happy to take a look at that. You know, this makes me think um, if they would have changed the rules for Necromunda to be more like 8th edition, would that be more popular? 
Maybe. I don't know. Because that Necromunda for me, I'm like, why? very popular, and the yeah. new the new uh, kits are awesome. Yeah, I mean, but... it just you don't I, you don't see the response that you see like to this to Kill Team. Kill Teams yeah. has gone bananas. Right. I think it's just easier, right? Like you don't feel like you're learning a new game, really. Yeah, it has a lot of crossover, and it's really easy to learn. So. And then the kit, the the terrain that comes in the set is awesome. Yeah, yeah. you get a lot of stuff in it. I mean, you're getting your um, Mechanicum troops, you're getting the, the GSC. So. Yeah. And they're colored plastic, too, which is pretty cool. Oh, nice. Yeah, the Mechanicum troops are red, and the, the Gene Circle is like purple. Mm -hmm. uh, colored plastic. So it, it's, it is. It's really cool. So check it out. And uh, if you want to pick it up, please do so. Can't wait to see where this goes. Because I, yeah. I can easily see Kill Teams being a really popular tournament game because it's so quick and um, uh, relatively balanced. Yeah. Uh, We'll see. I think there's a big, there's quite a bit of potential there. Uh, BAO 2018 is nearly upon us. We will be heading up to the Bay Area of California on Friday morning. Can't wait to see all of our friends from the Bay and to uh, host this tournament. It's the eighth annual BAO. I can't believe it. That's crazy. We've done it eight lot. times. Yeah. Can you remember the first one when it was like we had no <laughs> idea what we were doing? It was awesome. I've been one in like. Two, almost three years now. You haven't come back up for it? No. Yeah. That's unfortunate. You're, that's because you're a bad person. Yeah. No, but Jason usually stays and watches the shop, which he's going to be doing again this year. I will be here. Too bad for you. No. So it's going to be really interesting to see how it all goes down at the BAO. Again, ITC formats, you know, anybody who's been to any of our events knows exactly what to expect. I did get an email from somebody who was like, never been to one of our events, was just like, oh, what do I do? And I'm like, oh, okay, it's... Yeah. I sometimes forget that people who go to the BAO, it might be their first time because mm -hmm. we're so used to seeing the same people every year because it fills up. It, we, this could easily be a 300-person tournament. We just don't have room. Yeah. So, yeah, make sure you go look at the ITC format, look at the ITC champions' missions. Also, make sure you read the chess clock rules because, as we've been saying all year long, on day two, we'll be running, running a grand experiment. Those of you with a winning record will put a chess clock on the table. Make sure that you've played with the rules before showing up to the event. Uh, it, the first time you use a clock, it is a little disconcerting. It's, it's like, whoa, what's going on? But by game two, three, four, it's super duper easy. Yeah. Uh, you, don't, you don't even notice it after a while. It just becomes part of the background. Uh, we, we, don't want, we don't want anybody to play it for the first time at the event on round four when they have a winning record. But I know that's going to happen, guaranteed. So please make sure, get at least one or two games in before you show up. Um, and anybody that wants to use a clock, we have, I think we have 80 which is enough for the whole tournament, but um, uh, not everybody wants to use a clock, and that's totally cool. Yeah. But if you do, if you and your opponent want to use it on day one or day two, uh, feel free to look, grab us, and while supplies last, which, of course, we should have enough for everybody, but um, some of them might not have batteries or something like that, uh, just let us know, and you can use a clock. Yep. And it, it does help a lot. It makes your game stay on track, as we've mentioned. But I uh, can't wait to see how it all goes down. Uh, Brandon Grant, obviously the... Uh, hands down favorite. He's won the last two BAOs. Is he going to three-peat this year? Uh, you never know. He's looking really good. He's been doing very well with his Ash Militarum Army. He just won the Boise Cup mm -hmm. uh, GT. He's been working on his human emotions as well. He, he's actually, he smiled he's actually yeah. a really funny guy. He's, he yeah. fooled us a couple times. Yep. Yeah. He is, uh, he's an engineer by trade. He's a logical person. Yep. They always call him the cyborg. I thought it was the android. 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 I thought it was the cyborg. The difference. Which he android is. would he be? 17? 18? 19. From, from Dragon Ball. Ball Z. Oh, I don't watch that. Yeah. Oh. I think he'd be 16. I think he'd be the, the big the big guy with the uh, The big guy that loves nature? Yeah. He's like always like petty shoots squirrels. off his arms. Yeah. Uh, awesome. What do you guys think? Who? What <laughs> army do you think is going to take it this year? 
I think uh, Dark Eldar is going to take it. Mm. Knights. Anything with knights in it is going to win. Uh, knights have been doing really yeah. well. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see that go down. I mean, the kind of the list right now like the, that we've been hearing about in the competitive circles that's been really performing extremely well is a, a guard battalion, um, a Blood Angels battalion with, you know, Captain Smash, uh, the Veritas Vitae, uh, some scouts, and then with the uh, Ash Militarum, you've got a bunch of troops. Obviously, Kurov, Zakala, uh, Grand Strategist, and then you've got a single Knight Castellan. Yeah. It's buried behind all these bodies. You pretty much put all the CP on that Knight mm -hmm. to give it a three-up and vulnerable save and all, you know, all the crazy stuff. Um, House Raven, you've got the extremely powerful stratagem where you can reroll all ones, which mathematically really boosts the Castellan. Um, there's another house which you can bring it back on a four-up after it dies uh, with a reroll of a 75% chance of bringing the knight back. So by focusing all your CP on the one model and then regenerating it would be a, the Blood Angels and the Ashmole Terram. It's proven to be extremely, extremely powerful. Um, we'll see. Uh, that's I know on the East Coast that list has been doing work. We played against it at the ATC. Yeah. Uh, very good. Very good army. Not unbeatable by any means, but very, very strong. Um, I know a lot of the ETC guys are talking about that list right now. Yeah. So it'll be, be interesting to see how it goes. I don't know if that list is really caught on here. I know on the West Coast what we're seeing more is the three gallant list with Ash Militarum, usually with Bolgren or, or some other melee uh, element. That's been really popular and doing very well here. I know Brandon Grant's sticking with his guns. He's playing his Ash Militarum list with his Shadow Sword uh, outflanking because it's Talarn. Yep. Uh, he's not changing anything. Uh, even though a lot of people make the argument that Castellan is just better than the Shadow Sword and they're roughly the same points, I would agree except for the fact that uh, with Torn and uh, being able to outflank, very good, and um, uh, Vengeance for Cadia. Vengeance for Cadia is so good. Yeah. Any Chaos stupid. player is like, no. Well, the, the other one, too, is uh, Vengeance. He, at the ATC, Brandon killed, almost killed a Mortarian in Overwatch yeah. with defensive gunners and Vengeance for Cadia. It was pretty absurd. His opponent was not too pleased. And then he failed the charge. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon's like, oh, oh, I won this game. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, my prediction, uh, I don't know. It's, it's going to be really interesting. I always like to bet on the, the jockey, not the horse. Um, I think Brandon Grant's definitely in a position to win it again. Mm -hmm. But there are some really good players, and a lot of people are gearing up gunning for him. Yeah. So we'll see. And then we always get a couple dark horses coming over from the East Coast, too. Mm -hmm. they, they come over, do really well. Like, we've had... Matt Root from the Midwest came in last year. Uh, well, that was two years ago, wasn't years it? Ago. Yeah. He looked like he was in good position. Then Brandon Grant snuck past him at the end. Uh, Matt Root ran into a brick wall in the final round. Uh, and then we had uh, Matt Shuckman come over. He was in the hunt to win it all. Uh, he's an excellent uh, Eldar player from the East Coast. So it's going to be really interesting to see how it goes. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very curious. Uh, the BAO is one of the biggest events on the West Coast, surpassed only by the SoCal Open. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be fun, yeah. I think my prediction, I'm going to throw it out there. I think uh, an Imperial army is going to take it. Mm, that's a broad Pablo stroke. Martinez? It's a broad It's like stroke. half the armies yeah. in the game. I'm going to say a Xenos army is going to win it. You know? I think Jukari could definitely do it. I, I think that they definitely have the tools. Or Yanari. To do it. Uh, an Eldar soup. Harlequins. Harlequins, baby. Some Eldar. Harlequins, Harlequins are, are super amazing. good. Yeah. I don't know. That's a dark horse. Somebody's like, here's yeah. my five knights. And someone's like... I got 24 of those little bikes here that have haywires. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah, like what happened to me? I was like, oh, well, I forgot they have D6 shots. Yep. <laughs> I'm a pro. Uh, in my opinion, the most powerful combo in the army right now is Eldar, though. It's, a, it's like if you have a Dark Eldar detachment, an Eldar detachment, and a Harlequin detachment, I think that's like 
that just is like a magic combo. It gives you like every tool you could imagine. Yeah. Gives you uh, Agent's Effect, the best strat in the game. Harlequins are just so versatile. They're really good in melee. And then you give them fusion pistols. They can assassinate characters. They can kill knights. Uh, they're just so versatile. Well, Harlequins um, paired up with the other two factions, you can get like a minus eight to leadership or something like that. It's, it's like absurd. ridiculous. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, they can't really take a punch. It. That's like the one thing that holds them back, which it's good you don't want a perfect army yeah but i feel like a very skilled player with that combo can pretty much do anything that they need to do oh yeah you know you have the best psychic powers in the game via eldar best stratagem in the game via dark eldar combined with very efficient troops and then you have the assassins and the harlequins i feel like it's like it just gives you everything it's a perfect storm yeah um but we'll see definitely we'll see uh i can't wait to see everybody at the bao make sure to uh come early Read the schedule, uh, have your list, get ready to upload it to BCP. Can people register for the BAO yet? I can't remember. I'll have to check. Possibly. 50-50. It's either yes or no. Nice. 50-50. I like that. Mm -hmm. Good chance. Yeah. Yeah, so the BCP guys, if they haven't already done so, they are working to get the registration uh, yeah. uploaded. And then you can go ahead and register, upload your list, and all that fun yeah. stuff. So just keep an eye on BCP, mm -hmm. and we'll come back around to that. But can't wait to see you all there. Good luck. Happy hunting. going to be fun. Boom. Uh, upcoming ITC 40K events this weekend. There is quite a few. Uh, we do have three majors this weekend, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. We got the Barnyard Brawl Grand Tournament 2 in South Carolina. Uh, GT, the Grimdark GT in San Antonio, Texas. The Northwest Open 2018 in the United Kingdom. And that's a major. And then, of course, the BAO at uh, Game Castle Mountain View. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Wow. Three majors in one weekend. I don't think we've ever had that before. But Gay's growing. Yes, it is indeed. We also have quite a few Age of Sigmar events coming up this weekend. And make sure to check out the schedule for those. Get your points. Going to be a lot of fun. Some points. 40K ITC current top five. Matt Root has continued to extend his lead. He's up to 691 points. Mm -hmm. Followed by Josh Death with 635. And Nick Gower has moved into third. 609 points. Jeff Robinson in fourth. And Mitch Pelham in Fifth. And Jeff will be playing this weekend, right? So and we so should see a little bit of movement here. Yeah, well, no, the BAO is one of the bigger events of the entire season. So <laughs> yeah. it'll it'll shift the rankings quite a bit. And Mitch and Jeff are both playing at the BAO. So Is Josh Death going to be there? I don't, I don't know. know. He comes. He makes it he out might. sometimes. Yeah. He's a dark horse. He just shows up. Yeah, yeah I mean, Josh is, Josh is a very good player. So yeah. wherever he goes, he's definitely a threat to win the whole thing. Uh, 40K Hobby Track, top five. <clears throat> Jeff Merrick moves into first place, followed by Lou Rollins. Sean Prosser in third. Nick Gower in fourth. And William Ivey in fifth. A lot of movement in yep. the Hobby Track. AOS, top ten. Joe Cryer continues to lead the pack. He's pulled ahead of James Thomas. He was only up by uh, less than a point. <clears throat> He's now up by 23 points. So, uh, James, what's up, buddy? Get on it, bud. Get on the horse. Get back in the game. James What's Thomas? the next big Age of Sigmar event? Um, I don't know uh, off the top of my head. SoCal will be. Yeah. Oh, Nova, yeah. Nova's. Nova? Nova. Okay. Nova's, nice. yeah, big, actually. That's a big one. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, Chuck is running that this yep. year. So that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, we got Matt Jones in third, Josh Harvey in fourth, and Stephen Heitchie in fifth. So a lot of movement yep. on the Age of Sigmar side of things as well. Top five hobby track for Age of Sigmar. We got. <laughs> oh, I, I apologize, Laljeet Sidhu. I hope I'm saying that correctly. I mean, that sounds close enough. That's pretty that close. Sounds yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, Philip Verduzco in second, Frank Deloach in third, Scott Reed has moved down to fourth, and Josh Harvey in fifth. Let's get some more events on there. 
They're coming. Okay. They're starting to yeah. roll in. A lot of people yeah. are still just finding out about it. Got so. it. Yeah. Shadespire ITC Hobby Track Top Ten. Mike Course currently in first place, followed by Matt Everhart. His uh, I'm assuming his brother, cousin, friend, mm-hmm. life partner. I don't know. It's 2018. Could be sure. anything. Never Andrew done. Everhart moves up into third. Josue Ibarra in fourth, and Tony Field in fifth. Wow. So uh, uh, Bowles ran uh, saw an article, which uh, really interesting. They looked at the data from BCP, did some uh, really just kind of quick and dirty analysis, but it's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, the most played faction in the last week, uh, according to BCP and the ITC, Imperial Knights number one, not surprising. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Just so many points are in them that like it's, it's going to be by default your primary faction. Well, it's, it's not only that, you're correct. That's yeah. a good point. It's a brand new army. Yeah. And, people and are everybody, excited. who doesn't yeah. have a knight? Yeah. I mean, everybody I has. And they're yeah. automatically the main faction just because I don't the castle and. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just like have 25 melt guns. Yeah. So many people have knights that it's not a surprise that you're seeing them all of a sudden. Yep. Mm-hmm. God, this shirt does make me look fat, doesn't it? No, you're just it's fat. It's not the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, Dang, look how low Eldar is. That's Ooh. crazy. What? Okay, now remember, this is by the number of people playing. No, right? no, no, I know. I just thought that would be higher. Adriani, Blood uh, Angels is higher? Tau is higher. Yeah, no, that's actually, that is actually surprising. Chaos yeah. Space Marines at fourth. So, like, a lot of what you see, the, the, and the reason I wanted to post these is not only is it interesting she data. You said cultists is in fourth, not Chaos Space Marines. You would be surprised, actually. Chaos has a lot of really good tools. You know what? I'll just read the top ten most played factions this week. Boom. Imperial Knights, Space Marines, Ash Militarum, Chaos Space Marines, Tyranids, Tau, Blood Angels, Eldar, Adeptus Custodes, and then Sisters Battle. And then Blood Angels That's should just be... Number seven Blood Angels should just be Scouts. Sorry, Orcs. No, it's Smash, it's Smash <laughs> Captains and Scouts. <laughs> Let's change it. Now, here are the most winning mm. factions this week. So, uh, we do a weekly article on This Week in the ITC, and um, we will shamelessly be taking some of these uh, ideas because they're quick and dirty and it's really good data, yeah. which I'm sure that they took inspiration from us too, so it's all, it's all good. But uh, this is the most successful factions. Now, this is by volume, I think, not by percentage of played versus win. Big difference, right? So a lot of this could be just blunt force instrument. So many people played it that, oh, of course they won the most because the most people were playing them, right? Yeah. But what I would be more interested in seeing is how often that faction wins, right? Now, if 100 people played and 20 people won, but then that was 20 more than any other faction, then it looks like it's the best faction, but you're only, only 20% of them are actually winning. Whereas, like, with Sisters of Battle, um, I would be willing to bet... Nope, I'm wrong. But I was going to say, <laughs> I'd be willing to bet that, like, less people play them, but they win more frequently, right? Like, something like that. that, that that's the... Like, what gives you your best odds well, of winning I think these are faction? winning, like, events, right? They're not it, winning games. This is the, the most points earned the, for the week gotcha. in that faction. Yeah. So... Not surprisingly, Imperial Knights mm-hmm. uh, takes the top spot. Most people played them. Yep. Astro Militarum, Adeptus Astardes, Space Marines in third place. Because mm-hmm. yep. people are, a lot of people don't think that they can do anything. Chaos Space Marines in fourth, Drukari in fifth. Uh, they weren't even on the top ten. Nope. Uh, Tau Empire in sixth, Azriani in seventh, which is Eldar, Adeptus Casodes, Tyranids, and Chaos Demons. So, really interesting, right? Like, there's a lot of things to talk about here. And I thought it was super, super interesting. Again, we want to dig in and get more data to play with because you can do a little bit more thorough of an analysis. I'd be more interested to see like what types of lists are winning. So like someone's like Astro Militarum, okay, is it somebody that has you know two, two yep. you know two uh, CP batteries of, of cheapest stuff. This ever. is your primary faction for the ITC, which has to be your biggest faction. Yeah. So this is not just a CP battery of Astro right. Militarum. This is 
you know, 730, whatever, 50 points right. plus in one detachment. That That is a sizable chunk of your mm -hmm. army, yeah. right? So Ashmilitarium usually takes some buddies. That's just kind of the way it works. Yeah. And to be fair, in the in the fluff, that is the way it usually goes too. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, some crazy combo. Uh, Imperial Knights in first place, not surprising. New faction, people don't know what to do against it yet. They're very good, mm -hmm. except when I played them at ATC. Uh, <laughs> 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 so everybody bought You're me. Bringing those numbers down, Reese. Oh, I know. I didn't help. I didn't help the average. Yeah, I definitely didn't help out. Uh, but Ash Militarum kicking ass. I don't think that's a surprise. I think everybody realizes at this point Ash Militarum are just really good. Yeah. Right? They're really, really Great good. Great points effective. But the, the one that I thought find the most interesting is Adeptus Astartes Space Marines because we just had an article go up on um, the, the, the blog from the nice gentleman at Knights of the Game Table. Uh, and then we talk about Space Marines all the time too. And it was like so many comments of just like, oh, they're terrible. You can't win. They're unplayable. And I'm like, they're not. Yeah. I've been saying this all edition. I'm like, do they have some challenges? Yes. Are some of their units overpriced? Yes. Uh, do power armored space marines like tactical marines? Are they, they, can they underperform? Yes. But they have some really, really good things in the book. Too, yeah. And look, they're winning. They're yeah. winning events. Yeah. I, I wonder what the makeup of these are, though. That's, that's always my you know, like, Is it the same people? Is it people running the same exact thing? No, no it's not. I mean, it's it's all over the... All, yeah, okay. it's all different. But I think that's... that's all over the board, right? Like, I don't think everybody's playing the same list. Like, Chaos anything. Space Marines, I feel, is, is cultists. And you, you're going to have cultists. There are cultists, yeah, yeah, for sure. But you'd be surprised. But. The thing is, is like, like, well, first of all, Adeptus Starters, right? Like, because we had a lot of people that it was really funny. People were like, like, we, um, uh, Jason Snigowski just won the Buckeye Battles, if I'm saying, I hope I'm saying the right GT, with a pure <laughs> Space Marine army. No allies, nothing. Yeah. And uh, he was using, like, propulsors, mm -hmm. um, uh, Things that most people say are bad. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, look, you just won a GT. It was a six-round event. And people are like, no, they're still bad. And I'm like, I don't know. How do you? I like it. You're like, okay, I'm not going to waste my time anymore. Like, I don't like, look, Space Marines are not bad. Are they, like, red hot, like, scream power? No, they don't. Definitely agree there. But they have amazing stratagems. Again, none of the stratagems are, like, Agents of Vect or Descent of Angels. Mm -hmm or um, some of the really flashy ones like Veterans of the Long War that other boys get, but they're really good, especially if you know how to use them, like the Thunderfire Cannon Stratagem. They're situational, it, which is amazing. Yeah. And if you know when to use them, they win you the game. They're yep. incredible. Do you think Grey Knights are included in this? No, that's no. just Adeptus Astartes. Grey Knights are their own faction. Sorry, Jason. The Terminators haven't had their... Grey Knight Terminators. Haven't had their chance. No. The, the one thread, though, that you will see, the one common thread right now, which is a little disappointing to me, is that Bobby G is in probably almost all of those lists. With He's so good. The with whatever. Yeah. He's so just, good. just like, what anything. Yeah. He makes Why? anything good. Why would you not include him, I guess? Yeah. The, yeah. He's really good. Because, yeah. like, Space Marines have some really powerful builds in there. I mean, we were just joking about a 60 Sniper Scout army with Bobby G. Mm -hmm. Does, like, 20 mortal wounds a turn, and then you take Devastator Squads with the um, Missile Launcher Heavy Bolter, you use the stratagem, which due to the FAQ, with um, uh, the cherub, it, you, you get to use it on both shots. Yeah. So you're doing uh, 2d3 mortal wounds per guy per turn that you have a cherub. It's insane. The amount of mortal wounds the Space Marine Army can do at 36 inch plus range is ridiculous. It's pretty good. They'll out mortal wound a psychic spam army. Yeah. It's insane. And they'll kill all the psychers. And they'll kill all the psychers. So if you play the really popular... Uh, Zinch Psycho Spam Army where it's like oh here's all my Plague Bearers mm -hmm. and here's like 10 Psychers behind them and you're like if I go first the game is over yeah. on the first freaking turn. Killing all of you're like, your guys. You're like bop 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 that was fun. Mm -hmm. 
next. And then your Thunderfire Cannon shoots their screen unit. That's moving three inches a turn. You're like, this isn't yeah. even the game. Yeah. I'm going to annihilate I think you. you just talked about my new list Boom. for the, uh, the tournament. Oh, the snipers. I was going to bring it to ATC, but I didn't have time to get all the sniper scouts yeah. done. It, yeah. Like, we mathed it out. We're like, this is un- it's it's crazy. absurd. And, like, even if they have to move, you have Bobby G, so they're rerolling yeah. hits and wounds anyway. Yeah. Every, yeah, because everyone's like, oh, it's a static army. You're like, no, it's not. Yeah, it's not at <laughs> it's all. It's not a static army yeah. at all. You're like, well, you just charge it. Yeah, but they're ultramarines, so they leave shoot yeah, anyway. Yeah, they just leave like, combat oh. and shoot you again, and then their Overwatch is going to be blasting you too. Yeah. You're like... <laughs> You know, those sniper scouts like, brat. You're like, oh, yeah, you're dead. Yep. That was fun. It, it, so long story good. short, Space Marines, they, like, they, they, if, they, if, if this doesn't prove it, I don't know what would. Yeah. They're winning events left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just not headliners. They're not grabbing all the attention. No. And I'm sure a lot of these guys do have um, uh, allies too. But Space Marines, their allies, it's maybe a CP battery. Not always. Usually maybe a, an assassin. Space Marine armies tend to be all Space Marines the, the majority of the time that I encounter them. Yeah. They, they really do. Maybe now some knights thrown in. Yeah, maybe a knight. Um, but, you know, take heart. If you're out there and you're kind of like, oh, man, mm-hmm. I feel like my book, it can't compete. Well, there's people that are getting it done. Yeah. Uh, Chaos Space Marines, another one that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people, because they came out first, people always get this sense that they're not as good, but it's really just that you're familiar with them. Yeah. Um, like, Berserkers are still one of the best units in the game. Berserkers are great. Berserkers and Rhinos are crazy, super good. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a lot of things that Chaos Space Marines have that get overlooked all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Murder Sword, for example, is one of the best relics. It's the stupidest name. Murder. But a Chaos Lord with a jump pack and the Murder Sword is under 100 points, and he will annihilate almost anything he hits if he's the target yeah. Yeah. of the Murder Sword. It's crazy good. And there's still the old classic of Abaddon with the, um, those, what are they, the, the war machines with the Gatling cannons? Well, like well that, you that, take like, him with cultists. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. take, you take uh, Abaddon with a like bunch of cultists, it's crazy. Is, you know, Pascal did that to me when, like, the first week of the 8th edition came yep. out, which is, like, over a year ago now. Um, and it just wrecked me. He had two of those, what are they called? The, um... Uh, forge Fiends. The Forge Fiends. Yeah. And he was yeah. just, just mute, he just annihilated me within two turns. Yeah. Yeah. The, with the minuses to hit in the meta, those have kind of gone by the wayside, unfortunately. Yeah. But it's still very good. They are really good. Yeah. And um, noise marines are a gem that you don't see very often, and they're insanely good. <clears throat> Obliterators, I think everybody's familiar yep. at this point. So it's like a lot of these older codexes, the perception is, is that they can't compete, but the facts are that they can and they do. Yeah. Right. And again, a lot of these guys are going to have allies too. For sure. Of right? course. Like you might have Especially some demons. For the Imperium. Yeah. yeah. And there's just some really, really good stuff in that book. Yeah. Uh, like, the World Eater's Relic right now is so good. Oh, yeah. Chaos are super strong. The Brass Collar of Borogaster. Oh, my gosh. You combo that with uh, demons where you make them. It's like if you deny the witch, they perils, and then you make them explode. <laughs> it's yeah. like there's it's so many gems perils. in there. It's 2D3 model wounds if you get denied on a 4+. plus. Yeah. It's crazy. There's so many little gems in there that a lot of people gloss over yeah. uh, because they're focused on the latest and the greatest thing. Uh, Drukhari, I don't think anybody's surprised. Tau kicking ass, and a lot of Tau players have been um, not have been expressing discontent. Not so much anymore, actually. It was mostly when the book came out. Yeah. But you know, with the Tau Codex, there's some absolute gems in there. The Ion Head is amazing. Fire Warriors are just one of the better troops in the game. Yeah. Uh, they have great cheap support characters. Uh, some of the stuff, the suits are maybe a little too expensive. I would agree on that point. Yeah. But uh, Tau are kicking ass. It's just really cool to see all the variety. Uh, one thing that's interesting though is Tyranid is one of the most played. But their their winning is quite a bit lower. Four nids. Yeah. One day. Hard then, to master. What's that? It's a hard to master list. Yeah. Here it is. There's really a lot is. going on with those guys. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're very good. They're very popular, but they're not winning as much as they're being played, which is yeah. interesting. 
And then uh, finally, good note, Chaos Demons. A lot of people don't think that they can hang in there. They are, although I'd be willing to bet that that is being skewed by people just taking lots of uh, Demon Princes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, ever since they changed Zinch to be able to smite spam again, it's kind of what good. you're seeing. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that, that one may be, that may be a little bit more monolist. Or that, or, uh, of course, uh, Nurgle has been kicking ass. Too. Yeah. So, so maybe a little bit less variety there, but uh, it's still really cool data. Um, and we'll be a, we'll be sure to dig into more of this because I think it's it's fun to discuss. Yeah, it's exciting to see. Yeah, so. yeah, it is. But yeah, it, it, it's always fun to see the facts kind of uh, debunking popular opinions. Yep. Because a lot of it is not always based, um, not always based in, in numbers, but based on personal experience. Yep. All right, we got a couple commissions. Check them out. Boom. Yeah, we have a, an extreme close-up. Ooh, uh, look at how Solar close that Macarius, is. The old, uh, the old dog from the old dog. edition. Maybe, is he still four? in the fluff? No. He, he, no, of course he's still in the fluff. Well, no, but he's, like, he's not around. Oh, yeah, he's been dead for like thousands of years. Which yeah. is weird that he was in the game at all because like he had been dead for like a thousand, a couple thousand years before Warhammer 40,000 time period, but he was still in the game as a character. Um, anyways, so this is a... Uh, it's been reanimated. I love that this is like extreme close detail on a very small model and the eyeballs yeah. painted, so that's really cool. The eyes um, look great. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's Tabletop Plus. looks really good. Um, single model commissions, which we do, and Sklime was very happy. Um, very classic look. Yeah. Um, I have this model. on the gold. I have this model. He leads my uh, Scion army. Yeah, still one of the coolest models in yeah. the made. Like, yeah. It's like... It's Alexander. It's Alexander so the Great, yeah. like, on the nose pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, lots of detail. You know, it, it's a simple scheme, but, like, if you look closely, there's a lot of, of like, a lot of layering on the gold. Yeah. And the red, too. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, great. Uh, we have some Primaris Space Marines. Uh, these, I believe, this is tabletop standard with um, a lot of uh, custom decal work that was done on it. Level one basing, um, just great looking. Very simple, but again, effective. They pop, yeah. Yeah, which is our yeah. tabletop standard. It's pretty, and pretty much across the board looks like that. Yeah. Blood Raven's color scheme just looks great. Yeah, it, it's yeah, really a great good. combo. Yeah, and these, label, and these were, um, they, uh, I believe uh, those aren't even decals. I think that was freehand, to be honest. No, those no, are, I think those, those are details. details. The yeah. Blood Ravens ones? If that's freehand, that's a that's ridiculously amazing. talented. Yeah, and I hope I'm not getting that wrong. But uh, I, think I, those I, do are know decals. The, I do know the decals were not available in the kits, so they don't send them in the, in the model no. kits. Um, so I do remember that, at least. Then we have a, 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 an Emperor, Emperor model. model from uh, Kabuki Miniatures. Great looking model. Um, this, is our, uh, this, this was Masterclass. Yeah, so this okay. is a master class. Um, just fantastic. A lot of gold. It's tough. It's very intimidating. What's the eagle? The eagle is his buddy. It's a cyber eagle. That's his friend, dude. It's for yeah. freedom. It's the what did, freedom. What did Vampire eagle. call his uh, vulture or whatever it was? Vector. Yeah. No. No. It had a different name. Caesar. Caesar. Caesar That's eagle. right. That's it was Caesar. That's a great name. It was for a vulture. Eagle. Yeah, it was, so a, it was a vulture with a melted gun in its eye. Yeah. And every time he shot it, he blew, he blew up his up. own. Yeah. We're talking about a game of, uh, dar of uh, the 40K RPG. Yeah. With a guy who would blow up his own teammates every single time. It was awesome. And they'd beg him not to shoot, shoot it. shoot it. They're like, no! He's like, here we go! Oh. <laughs> yeah, so great looking model. Again, yep. we don't only do uh, Games Workshop models. We'll take the landing commission if, uh, yeah. for the most part. So always reach out to us. Um, fantastic looking. Eagle is cool. Cyber yep. Eagle. Yeah. Man, uh, wearing two shirts in this hot summer day is oh, I'm sure it feels not really And it's hot in San Diego. It's it is. hot. It is We're like near, how far are we from the coast? Like The mile, ocean is maybe? a mile and a half from Yeah, and it's standing. like 95. Yeah. Yeah. Let's jump over and answer some questions. A few questions, guys. Shoot them over. Here we go. All right. What about Necrons? Um, <laughs> Necrons are not on the list. Necrons aren't on the list, they're but they're doing okay. 
I just, it's funny how uneven my mustache looks on camera. I still think people just I haven't wonder, caught on. Get you some looks. You would look. I just good. button the top and then. You and Pablo's dad would just be hanging out. It's mm. crazy how uneven my beard looks on this. Podcast yeah, it, it's actually a really lot weird. fuller in person. No, yeah, it's, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Necrons, Necrons uh, can and do win. They, you've got the triple Tesseract Vault list, which I don't. I think it's kind of silly. It's just situational. It's but it does it does win games. Um, the other list that's been doing really well is the um, Destroyer Spam. Yeah. I don't uh, even think you have well, to do this that. Is, I think I um, somebody, I'm not going to scroll up because it keeps going down, but somebody had said that they're frustrated because they're taking big, large groups of troops and it's taking a bunch of points. But as you said, I think that's the, the mistake of playing Necrons is taking these big That's how I play. Units. I don't know. Like that, the, that is how I yeah, play. Yeah, there's like different ways to play them, really. Like uh, Nobody's the taking Flayed Ones. I don't know why Flayed Ones are amazing. Yeah. Am I auditioning to be the third Mario brother? It's racy <laughs> old. Uh, yes, did I win? If I had white gloves, I would have completed the list. This is California oh, fashion, by the way, though. Yeah. Like, if you go out on to the downtown maybe on not Friday button, night. Maybe not buttoned all the way up. That's what people yeah. look like. It's like a trucker. Uh, any progress on the ITC missions, asks Aether. So, update on that. We are still soliciting feedback. We did say that we were going to wait until after the BAO yeah. before we did anything because we want to get feedback at the event, too. Um, but, yes, we've gotten a ton of feedback which nice. thank you very much. And uh, there's a lot of common threads that we've been seeing, like people don't like the Reaper that much. They don't like, or they think Gangbusters needs to be fixed, which I agree. Yeah. Um, what was the other one that was? Reaper? You already touched on it. The Reaper, right? yeah. There's three that were like, by quite a big margin, the le less Oh, popular. Headhunter, I think? No, Headhunter is actually one of the most popular. Kingslayer. I can't remember, something like that. But um, we're gonna be going in and, and, and fixing or fine tuning or, or just getting rid of some of the ones that people don't like. Uh, people wanted to see more objective grabbing secondaries, so we're going to do that. Uh, pretty much half the people that responded said their least favorite mission was uh, the two objective missions, so we're either going to be altering or just getting rid of that. Yeah. Um, we're going to listen to everything that people have said uh, and, 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 and compile that to, to, to update the missions. And one of the things we've been talking about a lot and we'd love some feedback on, now, again... This is just an idea. Please don't go all over the internet saying this is what's going to happen. This is just an idea that we've been batting around. Um, but we've been talking about looking at altering the way we score the missions to be round by round instead of a, a running total score because there's sometimes people don't score right because they don't really they didn't read the, the packet fully and they don't really get it um, or it can be a little confusing. Um, uh, any number of, of, of reasons. So if you go round by round instead of a running total score, you have a couple things. You can shorten the game to five turns, or you can keep it at six, and then you can do the best three out of five. So whoever wins three turns wins the game. What that does is that, that eliminates a lot of problems with slow playing. Um, that, that takes a lot of the pressure off of if you're, if you're getting your butt kicked in the game, and all of us have been there, when you just want to just concede because you're like, ah, I'm going to lose for sure, and I'd, I'd rather just concede and chill. But in our format right now, you can't do that. Um, or you can, but you get a zero. So it, it solves a lot of issues, but it's a big departure. It's much different. So uh, if you're doing six rounds, you do the best four, the first to four. If you're doing five rounds, you do the first to three. Um, but then some of the negative feedback we've gotten is that people feel like it, it encourages you to go even more for an all-out alpha strike, which, I mean, people already do that, so I'm not sure how I feel about that um, critique. Um, let us know. It's a, it's, it's a pretty big... It'd still be the same missions, more or less, but you basically score your points for the turn. Yeah. And then if you win the turn, you get, like... So then the scoring would be way easier. Games would be, like, 3-2, to 3-0, to zero, four, you know what I mean? 
let us know. Let us know. It's a pretty big departure. I, I, I don't know how open people would be to it, but yeah. um, it solves a lot of problems that we have in, in, in organized play, but uh, maybe it creates new ones. I don't know. Let us know what you think. Will there be any place to see the BA list besides BCP Prometheus? Why would we undercut our partners at BCP? Mm-hmm. That would be a pretty mean thing to do, wouldn't it? Negative. We are not going to post the, lips, the lists up so that people can bypass BCP because we want BCP to be successful. The whole entire tournament community wants BCP to be successful and yep. trying to undermine their effort, which I don't think that's what you're suggesting, but um, undermining them only hurts everything else that we're doing. Yeah. If you want to see all the lists in the world, it's like five bucks a month. It's not. It's it's very, very small amount mm-hmm. of, of money. Uh, bu- 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 Aether, we tennis now, boys. I don't understand yep. what that means. Got Scoring. Um, oh, yeah. Holly, Alex Holly said, once we help with setup, ma'am, do yeah, anybody wants to come and help with setup, we'd be super oh, appreciative. Yeah, it's going to be really Friday night. Setup, well, I mean, the, the guys at Mountain View set it up. Okay. Um, but if you want to help them, we usually do. Or yeah, we always do and help a breakdown. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the help is always appreciated. It's, it's a lot of work. It'd be nice if BCP allowed a public API. Says, never mind Jamba. Well, reach out to them. They're very responsive. Yeah. The man you want to talk to about that would probably be Garrett. Um, you can find him on Facebook and uh, just ping him. Talk about it. But uh, again, guys... They're a for-profit venture. They need to make money in order to stay in business. It's a ton of work. Yeah. So trying to find ways to like not get the cash revenue coming their way just means that that, that app may not be around forever, which would be horrible for everybody. Yeah. You don't want that to happen. Uh, when will we see the Bulgarian Death Star on stream again, Taiwan? It's not a Death Star. It's pretty close to one in this edition, but it's not. What's up, Kenny? Kenny Boosh. What's up, Boosh? Kenny, what do you think about Trucker Reese? Question. So if you guys yeah. want to play, it's like pickle Rick. Pickle Rick. Chuck or Reese. <laughs> Reese, you look like you live in like Redlands, California. You drive a, you drive a lifted truck. <laughs> I do. You, you watch UFC cool. at Applebee's. All right, Alex. Well. We don't need a ride from the airport. We're driving up because we're bringing terrain and stuff. Yep. Um, but if anybody wants to play in the Longboard Stubble at the LVO, we're almost at 200 players. It's incredible. Uh, make sure to grab a. Grab a ticket. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks. Some that was a strong Jeez. outro. Sorry, that I was, was reading, really I was reading and that trying was, to talk. Yeah. Like, it wasn't working. Did you burp on your way out? Yeah, yeah you were. Okay. I, I like passed out. Hey, uh, guys. Everybody, Bam. thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please remember that you have one more week to take advantage of the summer FLG Matt Summer Super Sale. Yeah. 20% off. And six releases new. in the last week. Brand new Boom. mat, the uh, asteroid mat, very cool. Can't wait to see everybody at the BAO. And if you want to get kill teams, please grab it quickly because it is selling like hotcakes. Yep. All right, guys. Bye. See ya. Hey, everybody. Reese is here with a very special segment of Signals from the Frontline. I have an interview with Mr. Mike Brandt of Nova Open Fame and also one of the primary playtesters for Kill Team, which is a super popular. 40k uh, supplement standalone game mini game however you want to describe it and he's here today to tell us a little bit about what you should expect from the game if you are already into it some tips on how to um, enjoy it best get the most out of it and generally just to kind of give us a a, a back end or designer's view uh, of the game mike thank you for joining us how you doing i'm doing good reese it's great to be on the show yeah it's always good to talk to you bud and uh kill team 
is going red hot, as uh, you and I were talking about before we started the recording. Uh, it has absolutely exceeded my expectations. It's, it's super popular, but I'm sure for you, that's not as much of a surprise as it is for me. I, uh, I suppose that's true. You know, as you mentioned, I've been involved in the playtesting at Kill Team for some time now. Um, we actually finished it much earlier than the release. And we've been excited about it, frankly, in the DC Mortal playtest group for months. Um, we actually play it when we can over 40K just because it's so fast to play. And, you know, you mentioned it's a minigame supplement. It really is just a standalone game. It's set in the 40K universe, but it's entirely different from 40K. So it's a, a huge departure from past kill teams that have been basically like stripped down versions of 40K with limits on what models you can take. Um, and so it's quite interesting to play because it actually feels like a proper standalone, you know, skirmish level game right along the lines of like a War Machine or a Malifaux or others, but with, in my opinion, some distinct advantages over those games that makes it really cool to play. Yeah, so that's a, a really good segue into the first part of this that I wanted to, to cover. <clears throat> so why don't we talk about how it's similar to 40K? Because when you open the rule book, um, it jumps out at you right away. It's the same stats. Uh, the weapons have the same you know, effects. Uh, so at a surface level view, um, and I know this, this is one of the, the comments we've had in the store here, is that it's 40k with 10 models 20 models how much is that an accurate uh statement i would say it, it's it's accurate it's entirely accurate and entirely inaccurate at the same time so one of the things that the designers told us when we were going through testing um, was that they really wanted to stick with the core you know stat line and performance of the weaponry and of the models so as a general rule you know a space marine is going to have t you know t4 one wound and all the usual stats that you would see in 40k and that was done in part to make it easy to transition from one to the other. So if you pick up Kill Team as your first game and you want to get into 40K, all those basic stats are familiar. It starts to diverge immediately when you look at most of the data sheets, though, because the way that you form a squad or something like that, and also a lot of the special rules are different because the core rules of how you actually play with those units and those weapons are dramatically different from 40K proper. So while the stat sheet is the same, the rules that turn that stat sheet into an actionable you know, model in the game don't really bear any meaningful resemblance to 40K. Um, and the reason for that is, you know, there's a movement phase, and one guy moves his whole team, but then the other guy moves his whole team. And in movement, you don't move and charge like you do in 40K. You move, you ready, so you basically get set to shoot first, or you charge. Um, and so charging happens independent of movement and in, instead of movement. And things like that immediately give a different feel to the game and a different idea of distances. So you see a lot of people online we were talking about the 30 by 22 inch board size and they're like that's really close together and it's not as close as you would think because for the most part as long as you're not within 12 inches of an enemy model at the end of deployment they cannot charge you on the first turn and so that change alone begins to distinguish the game pretty dramatically from 40k and then it continues because all of a sudden you go from and apologies for the washington dc background noise you uh immediately go from moving your team and then he moves his team to alternating shooting one model at a time. Um, and then you alternate fighting one model at a time in close combat. And that alternation changes everything about how the game is played. And then in addition to the alternate model activation, giving you a pause for edits, in addition to the alternate activation of models, there's also differences in how models are injured or hurt or interacted with. So they have different saves. In some cases, they have different the rules for cover operate entirely differently. And then when you actually kill a model, you may not actually kill it. It may remain in the fight simply wounded and operate at a diminished profile until it's actually taken out of action. 
Um, so that sounds a lot like uh, there's a little bit of Necromunda sprinkled in there and um, also a lot of, of Infinity sprinkled in there too. And one of the things that I really like about what I'm hearing is that when you alternate from the I go, you go format, such as in 40K, where like you said, it's all one, all the other, when you go model by model, um, you don't get those hardcore like Alpha Strike wipeout uh, scenarios. It's it's much more granular, and um, uh, you have situations where where even if you take a, a big shot, you can come back because you're going to act right away, which I think is great. It's huge, and the movement phase thing is also one that bears thinking about. So even though you move your whole team and then your opponent moves their whole team. The whole concept in 40k where if you go second and you're exposed or your deployment zone isn't perfectly covered, your opponent can maneuver into position and blast you. That doesn't really happen in kill team because you get to move before anybody has an opportunity to shoot, even if you move second. And so you can quickly take advantage of cover, move up the field, get into hidden positions, make sure you're obscured, spread out as you need to. And so it presents a much better opportunity to actually prevent your opponent from simply zeroing in on you if you got the lucky early initiative roll. And that's a big deal in terms of figuring out how the actual game plays. Yeah, indeed. Um, I think that that's a really, really good point. And it's it's something that if someone's only ever played Age of Sigmar or 40K, um, it's it's not going to be readily apparent to them. They might not be able to visualize it. Uh, but if you have played games like Infinity um, or any alternate unit activation games, like, you know, Drop Some Commander, uh, there's a million others out there. Um, I honestly think it's a, it's a better uh, system, but it doesn't scale up like... Uh, in a game the size of 40k or age of sigmar you could probably do it but it would add like an hour onto the game so yep. for, for kill teams i think it's it's, it's perfect um what other ways and, is the game is the game different um what what is a significant divergence from from 40k in that unless you had a point you wanted to so, add on no it's that's a perfect segue because the, the next big difference i would point out is the way that the game is designed makes it extremely easy to balance and extremely difficult to be unbalanced and the reason I say that is one, the game is at a small point scale. And I would, outside of you know, pick you know, narrative designed games and things like that, I would strongly recommend against playing any any point level different than the hundred points that are prescribed by the standard game, just because the game, to your point about time, but also balance, does not scale up that well past hundred points in terms of just pick up match play. Um, but what it does that makes it so cool in that regard are a couple of things. One, any given kill team has a limit to the number of you know special weapons gunners heavy weapons gunners, combat specialists, uh, and then the, the game specializations that they're called, such as having sniper specialists and having combat specialists. Those guys are very limited in how many you can take in one kill team. And the number of special weapons gunners you can take is limited. But the game does not work by building a kill team and then playing a game. The game works instead by building a 20-model command roster where each model's selected specialization, special weapon loadout, etc., is fixed, and where you pull from that 20-model roster to build your 100-point kill team after seeing your opponent's roster. The reason that this is so cool for balance is that if you have a hoardy team, you really don't gain as many advantages as you might if you didn't have the command roster first limitation. Because if you're playing a guard squad and you can take four special weapons guys, you could put four plasma gunners and four flamer gunners and four melta gunners four grenade launcher gunners on your roster, but now you've used 16 of your 20 roster spots, and you can only ever have four of those guardsmen special weapon guys in any one kill team. So your ability to build a team is now extremely limited by trying to cover all of your bases with a more hoardy team. Whereas Space Marines, which always suffer, you know, we've seen this in every game, you know, model activation and model count can be so powerful. 
But a Space Marine crew or a Death Watch crew, they were only going to field, you know, five, six, seven, eight models in a team. So the number of different permutations of specialist combinations and of weapon combinations and of team combinations that they can build on a 20-model roster is far more diverse and reactive than a 40-year team can do. So the really cool thing about that is not only is it very restricted about how many weapons and how many crazy guys you can take, and there's really not a lot of super powerful multi-wound models either, but it, it's the more elite your kill team is, the more flexible it is to look at the opponent's roster and really customize your team to the mission at hand. And so that cool little feature, which seems really simple if you're, and it hasn't really been previewed very much by people who've had the book, is so huge to the game being a really cool balanced affair because you're always going to be able to, to, to bring the right team for the job at hand. And the more elite your team is, the more elite it will feel because it will always seem to be properly equipped for the game. Whereas the Horde crews have limits because most of their models are actually never really going to change if they want to have a diverse enough roster. So it's, it's kind of a really cool feature, and it's one of my favorite things about the game. So just to make sure that I'm understanding this correctly, because um, I am also relatively new to kill teams, uh, you, pick, you have a roster and then you pick your, your uh, models at the table, and that changes from game to game? Right. And so your roster may have, uh, you know, 500 points of guys on it or something, if, if you can get that many with 20 models. But you can only field 100 points in the game. And everything is fixed on the roster. So in every game, you can only have three what are called specialists in addition to your leader. You could put three leaders on your roster if you wanted to have three very differently equipped leaders, but you could only ever pick one of them for a given game. So it's a really cool list building thing for those that enjoy that, because your roster has to consider the number of different things you might run into. And you have to be very careful not to overload on, you know, the variety of special weapons you have or the number of specialists you have because you run out of the ability to actually build a kill team that really works for different missions if you do that. Right. So there's there's hints of Malifaux in there, which is uh, that to me was one of the most brilliant game design choices they made for that game. And it sounds like there's a little bit of inspiration there here, which I think is awesome because that works really well at that scale. Um, let's talk about missions. So. What, how do the missions play out in kill teams? Because that's uh, one of the the seldom the the most seldom talked about aspects of a war game. But as you and I know, it's often the most Huge. important, <laughs> the most important I will, I will, one. I will. It really is. And I will say, you know, keep an eye on Games Workshop in the near future because I expect them to put out some kind of you know formal mission pack for events or something like that. I don't know if they're going to do that, but I just I have a hunch that that'll be something that happens in the near future. Um, because they need to do it for how popular Kill Teams has been. And I've you know, already heard them mention in offhanded conversations, it's really important that, that that kind of thing happen. The missions in the core book are pretty straightforward. They'll remind you of you know, the Eternal War type missions that you see in the 40K rulebook. Um, but they work really well for pickup games because they also jump in on fixing things like terrain. So your layouts are often tied to different terrain layouts, and that can actually be really useful for for enjoying a balanced game and kind of knowing how they want the board to look. Um, and that's a really useful thing because usually they just kind of tell you a deployment zone and you, you leave the terrain re requisitions really ethereal and up in the air, which can cause a lot of community arguments and things like that. But Kill Team is a little bit more precise. And so because of that, the missions are a little bit more straightforward to pick up and to, you know sort of have the same experience with them at all the different games and all the different tables you may play at. And of course, you know, there's all kinds of room to be creative. Um, so the book, I think, includes quite a number of missions, both competitive, open play, and or match play, open play, and narrative missions. So it's much more robust um, out of the bat than 
has been the case for other games workshop games right away. I think that's great. And one of the really appealing things about the game, um, and I, I would like to get your feed, uh, feedback on if this plays out in reality, is that um, it is appears to be such an amazing entry point into the Games Workshop hobby because, uh, you know, 20 models, right? Uh, small yep. playing surface, not a lot of terrain. And you can really go to town customizing each each model can be like a, a character. Like I'm, I'm planning on building a Katachan kill team where uh, the inspiration is taken from the movie Predator, where each mm-hmm. guy, I want to make each guy look like one of the, the, the characters from the movie. And to me, that'd be a really fun modeling project. And uh, it's not very intimidating because at max you're, you're doing 20 models. So have yep. you found that it's, it's an easy way to get people to kind of take the jump from uh, 40k curious to 40k fanatic? <laughs> I really have. Um, and again, the people that I've been able to play with so far are all, are all playtesters. So most of them are 40K players as well. But even those guys have been you know, building kill teams, which is really cool because you got guys who've only played like Eldar for their entire lives that are now, you know, fielding five different kill teams. And that's less models than their, their Eldar army. Um, and so that's kind of neat because it, the accessibility is really a serious factor. And then the custom is, you know, it's funny when they first sent us the, the playtesting rules, the name generators and the and the trait generators, which don't have any rule impact on the game whatsoever. It'll be things like, you know, roll up a Space Wolf name and you'll end up with, like, Eric the Red. And, you know, he's a, a mean, nasty combat specialist with a bad attitude or something <laughs> like that. And it's ran- you just randomize it. And you would think, that's that's silly. We, when we first saw it, we thought, that's silly. Won't people just come up with their names on their own or whatever? But it's not in practice. So whenever we play, we will totally, gen- you know, we're pretty competitive players. We'll totally generate all of our... Um, different names and all of our different other things. And and then you kind of get into it. Like, if you have a guy you really meant to sit back and shoot from a distance, um, you, uh, you know, you'll generate an ability for him that makes him really want to punch things. And for some reason, even in a competitive game, you'll find yourself taking your sniper and running him into a charge <laughs> when the opportunity presents itself. So uh, hey, it's kind of neat. You don't have to, to – my second love – like, Miniatures Games, obviously, my first love. Number two, a clo- in a close second, is RPGs. I love I love role-playing games, and there's nothing better in a Miniatures game when you kind of bleed over into that realm. And yep. you create a narrative in your head, like, this is Sergeant Slaughter, and he always is – he's my lucky guy, you know? <laughs> so Yeah, yeah and I it works that. like that. Yeah. It's kind of – maybe the bleed-over part's a really good comment, and maybe the last big point I'd make before people get a chance to take a look at the book themselves – is that in the campaign play, they've really done a good job of blending the, the skirmish game where it's actually, you know, with the RPG element. So instead of just every guy on your team having a special name and a special RPG progression, which actually doesn't make sense for the IP, because the IP is that these are basically elite soldiers. Even a basic guardsman in the IP is not a, you know, colonial militia. He's a star-faring Cadian badass or a, you know, jungle-fighting, Katachin, muscle-bound, you know, killer. These guys are not, even the most basic guy in most kill teams, other than like Gretchen and cultists, are considered in the IP to be fairly elite soldiers. They're not rookies. And so the idea of all of them getting these really complex advancements, is it's not like Necromunda. Or in fact, I think that they, the Games Workshop guys even said it on their Facebook page a couple of times. You know, Necromunda is a bunch of raw gangers who are developing into killers. Um, whereas Kill Team is a bunch of elite kill teams going on really dangerous behind the lines missions. None of them are rookies at all, but you still, so your, your Joes, if you will, 
you know, if you have a team full of intercessors and most of them are not specialists, those guys advance as a team. So you can imagine that if your roster has 10 intercessors, that's a fire team of intercessors that your kill team's leaders have been ad hoc onto them for whatever their long run mission is. And those guys kind of advance together based upon the fighting that you're doing. You know, they might get better at shooting because they shoot a lot, you know, whatever you want to go with in that category. But then your specialists are like your heroes. Your specialists are your named guys. And when you do your generation of demeanors and traits and names, it focuses on naming your specialists who advance independent of your fire teams. So if you have five intercessors who are not specialists, they advance together as just one group of sort of nameless Joes that are the, the red shirts, if you will, on your missions. But then your three specialist permission and your leader, those guys advance independently. So a specialist intercessor doesn't advance with the other intercessors. He's, you know, Joe Awesome, the sniper intercessor or whatever. Um, and so you get a cool thing where there's a little bit of an RPG element to the core of your kill team. But then there's a little bit of a skirmish game. Look, these are a bunch of professional soldiers who've been alive for 100 years in some cases where the, you know, the guys running around with them are not rookies that each have their own story. It's more... It lets you focus on a couple of RPG elements while still having a really fast, effective, you know, combat team kind of a game. Yeah, it sounds like a blast. And I'm really excited to see how popular it has turned out to be and to see where the community runs with it. Because also as, as, as tournament organizers, uh, uh, the appeal there is that, wow, this is a game that's got the awesomeness of the 40K universe. It plays quick. It has some some really cool RPG elements to it that really create a lot of joy and fun and engagement, but it also uh, could really take off as a tournament game because it's so much easier to do yep. than playing 2,000 points of 40K, which we all love, and it's not going anywhere, but uh, I could easily see this, especially for, for smaller stores that maybe they only have a couple tables um, or for events that uh, maybe don't have you know 80,000 square feet to run gigantic 40K <laughs> tournaments. This could really, really good fill, point. fill that fill that gap. Um, and when you can do a whole tournament one day, that's really saying something, too. Well, and I'll, I'll take advantage of that. At Nova, we've already got... So the rules aren't out yet, so I hope they live up to billing. But we have over 100 unique individuals signed up for at least one kill team event at Nova already. Uh, and they haven't seen the rules yet. So the excitement's through the roof, and I hope that the game actually lives up to it. But even on the tournament front, to your point, I would say this game is infinitely better balanced than even 8th edition of 40K with all the work we've put into it. Um, and so there's an element there... When you hear balance, I think some even narrative players think it's a four-letter word, you know, and they immediately stop listening. But don't, in this case. Listen to balance from the perspective of whatever kill team you want to run, whatever commander roster you want to build, is a very good chance it can actually do fine in competing. So there's a lot more flexibility in the game in terms of what constitutes a, a team that can win. And so it's much more free for players to play what they want to play and not what they feel the meta tells them they have to play. And that's a very powerful thing both in terms of enabling players, giving them agency, and creating a game that not only plays fast, but plays, you know, always sort of in nail-bitingly engaging ways. So I'm hoping that, that, that our experience of that is reflected in the experience that so many excited players have when the game hits the shelves. Well, I'm excited. And uh, even though, you know, you and I are both all pretty intimately involved with the playtest process, um, this is new to me. Um, the kill team project wasn't one that, that I was as intimately involved with. So I'm excited and I can't wait to play and see where it goes. Cause I, uh, like I, like I was telling you off uh, air, um, we seldom have a, a new release like this that goes this hot. So it's, it's surpassed. Yeah. It's surpassed Necromunda. It's surpassed blood bowl. 
Um, we got, you know, the, the Titanicus on the way, so we'll see how that does. There's a lot of excitement there, but um, this is this is big. You know, the only other box game that sold like this was uh, Knight Renegades, and I think that that was less to play the game than it was to get two knights at a good price. So, yep. um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. Hey, and maybe we can have a beer and play game at Kill Team at Nova in a, in a month and a half. I would love that. I would love that. That would be a blast. Well, thank we'll you for your time. Put it on camera time. if we do. That would be awesome. I'll come with uh, I'll come with uh, my Billy D. Williams and <laughs> Arnold, <laughs> <laughs> all my favorite characters from the most awesome '80s sci-fi movie, in my opinion. Um, awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Mike. I know you're a busy guy, so I'll let you go. But uh, that was great. I'm definitely genuinely excited to uh, to dive in. And I hope that everybody listening is too. And if you wanted to pick this up, you can do so from Frontline Gaming at a discount. Free shipping. Orders $99 and up within the continental United States. So hit us up if you want to grab it. And Mike, thank you for your time, buddy. Can't wait to see you at the end of the month at Nova. Reese, appreciate your time, man. Take care. Have a good one.